Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as always with Chris Whittingham. Now that you found us, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast provider. Also type in Five Reasons Sports Network to that provider and you will find the other 14 podcasts in our network that includes three yards per carry on the Dolphins. Miami Heat beat. Obviously, they'll be talking about the Heat getting blown out by 40 last night. We, we dropped to 0 and 9 in watch parties uh, now this year, following the Dolphins, Hurricanes, and Heat. I don't think it's all our fault. Also, check out the new podcast in our network, Out for the Count, Unboxing and MMA, and the Chamber podcast featuring Chris Chambers, Shea Tab, and Zach Duarte on fitness. They challenged Slim from Ballscast to, uh, I'll say, lose a little weight, and Slim was eating Krispy Kreme donuts after the watch party, so I don't think that's worked out all that well. All right, today we're going to get back into Brian Flores. We covered this a little bit earlier in the week, but we're happy to have our guest today. He used to work down here in South Florida at the Palm Beach Post. He's also covered Brett Favre up at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He was at the Boston Globe. He was at Sports Illustrated, and now he's the founder of the Boston Sports Journal. You can find him on Twitter as well. Check out Greg Bedard. Greg, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. So I want to start here with you a little bit. Uh, Dolphin fans are just sort of learning about Brian Flores and what he's done for the Patriots. And I think one of the things that Chris and I have dove into a little bit is the varied experience he's had, but obviously all with one organization. How much have you interacted with him and how much of a role has he had in the way that the Patriots have done business over the past 15 years? For a Patriots assistant coach, uh, I've interacted with him a decent amount of times. I mean, we usually, they've sort of, I wouldn't say ramped up, but they've made the assistants more available in the past couple of years, probably because the NFL has gotten on them. But also, you know, one of the benefits, most of the time I'm rooting for the Patriots to get to the Super Bowl because it used to be the only time where we could get assistants and have sort of free reign to them. So I've talked to Brian on a bunch of different circumstances, including a, at some point, I'll tell you the story about the Super Bowl a couple of years ago where we had an interesting post-Super Bowl interaction. But, you know, I, uh, I, I've i been very impressed with Brian. He sort of, when I came here in 2010 uh, to cover the team um, very quickly, I would say at some point the next season, he sort of came on my radar from talking to a lot of the players. And, uh, you know, you're sort of, with the Patriots, you're always looking at, all right, who's going to get plucked on the coaching staff? Who's going to be the next guy up? And And Flores was always the guy that you heard a lot about from the players that they were very impressed with. Um, the more you talk with him, the more you talk with people that uh, that knew him, you came to know that he was um, extremely smart. He's very passionate. I would say he can be emotional at times. Um, I was wondering if that was going to work against him this year as defensive coordinator, but it has not come up at all. And, uh, you know, he's done a really good job in whatever he's done. I mean, he sort of, sort of started in the personnel department here, which is, how a lot of these guys start. Nick Casario, the GM, or the director of player personnel, 
Um, he started that way. A bunch of other guys did as well. And he's sort of come up the ranks. He's coached different positions. Uh, I, you know, I know the linebackers were very impressed with him and, and he's been sort of a key of their success. And, you know, this, this season, the defense since the bye week has taken a step forward. It's been much better than Matt Patricia's unit. It's been much more aggressive. It's been a departure from what the Patriots have done in the past. Now, how much of that is Flores and how much is that is Belichick? Nobody's really sure, but, you know, at least Flores has been a part of something different for this team. Let me first say uh, how spellbinding it is to hear uh, a journalist say, well, maybe this year they'll make the Super Bowl so I can talk to their assistants. That, like, mm-hmm. you, that you would even sort of consider, wait, hold on, we're, we're going to see them at the Super Bowl because we're there so often, eight times this millennium. It's just insane. But uh, second, can you give us that uh, that post-Super Bowl interaction? That sounded that sounded funny. Yeah, so, so what happened was, um, you know, I am – as Juice Juice knows me well, um, and you know I've certainly developed my football acumen since I left um, South Florida. You know, going to Green Bay was a huge help in that regard, and the people that I worked with there. Um, but you know, I've never been shy in sort of my assessment of things and teams and things like that. And I think um, I think it was the the 2000. 14 Super Bowl. Of course, they all run together at this point, you know, sort of to your point. Um, we don't have that problem but, down here, Greg. We, we, yeah, we, I know. As you know, uh, in fact, it's, it's, I mean, the playoff games don't run together. Uh, the wins don't run together. So I, it's a little bit of a, you're going to have to slow down with us a little bit because we're not really sure. <laughs> that, like. I know. I mean, hell, I was on the sidelines watching Lamar Smith bowl over Indianapolis Colts the last time the, the Dolphins won a playoff game. So, uh, I understand what the deal is, but I, I'm pretty sure it was the 2014 season. And I remember um, they had been, um, they had been a disaster pretty much um, it, it, in certain points of the secondary at certain times in that sort of run from like 2011 through 14, 14 was a little bit different. You know, they brought in Revis, they brought in Brandon Browner. Um, but that was when, uh, Patrick Chung came back to the team and Patrick Chung, he was a draft pick of this team. He was a second round pick. You know, he was a decent player, but when they put him at, when they put him in space, he was, he was terrible. He just can't, he can't play in space. So uh, his, his contract ran out. Patriots didn't make any attempt to re-sign him. He signed with the Eagles. He was a disaster there too. And so he really had no other options. Nobody wanted to sign him. And he just came back to New England, basically on like a minimum deal. They were like, oh, yeah, sure, you know, come back. And I remember saying, I remember writing or something like that or on the radio here where I said, if Patrick Chung is one of the team's deep safeties on this team, um, this team's in a lot of trouble. They're going to be a disaster in the secondary. And what happened was the way the season played out, and, and at that time he was sort of in charge of the safeties, um, had, had a role in the secondary and the way that season played out was they, they Chung was on the team and he was a safety, but they never played him at safety. Well, had, they basically played him as a third linebacker. They played him close to the line of scrimmage so he could cover tight ends tackle, which he does do well. And, uh, it really worked. I mean, they finally found a spot where Patrick Chung worked and so they get to the Super Bowl, they win it, and I'm in the locker room uh, after the game, and all of a sudden I, I feel this, like, tap on my shoulder. And I turn around, and it's Brian Flores. And he's like, 
you didn't think we could do it. You didn't. And I was like, I, I didn't know what he was talking about at, in that moment. And I just sort of looked at him and was like, wait a minute. I said you guys were going to either go to or win the Super Bowl before the season. I picked him that week to win the Super Bowl. I, I didn't know what he was talking about. And then he walked away. And then I, then I said, oh, now I remember. It's what I said about the safeties in training camp. And so I went over to him. I said, oh, now I know what you're talking about. I said, no, I got to give you credit. I mean, you, you made it work. I said, but in my defense, you didn't really play Chung at safety. He's like, yeah, we did. And I said, come on. He didn't play more than five or six snaps at deep safety for this team. And he's like, no, it was, it was more than that. I was like, come on. No, it wasn't. He's like, he finally gave in. He's like, all right, you're right. But still, he was on the field. We made it work. We won a championship. And I said, hey, I give you guys a lot of credit. You made it work. You find a spot for Patrick that works. Good for you guys. So that sort of that sort of brought us closer. Like, we've had a good relationship since then. I know there are times where he, he sends some of my stuff to his his players to sort of uh, to sort of get them going. And, you know, I've I've let him know a couple of times, you know, hey, if you need me to motivate somebody, just just say the word, you know, I'll, I'll do it for you. <laughs> but he is that type of guy like he'll he's going to know what you guys write and say down there. If this all goes through like he is, he is very well aware of what's going on and he's not afraid to use it. That's interesting stuff. I remember, and I know you are familiar with this too, Greg, that, um, you know, the great Zach Thomas down here used to read everything, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, he could recite mm -hmm. it all. And he, he asked you to do it. Like, he, he was like, please, you know, write that I'm no good. And I'm like, but Zach, you are good. No, write that I'm no good. You know, I mean, we're going through that right now with like the Patriots, with Tom Brady, like after the game scene. Everybody thinks we suck. We can't yeah. win. Like, really? I mean, who has said that? And like, I've certainly been critical of Tom this year. And even Belichick was a little bit chippy with me in the post game press conference. Cause you know, I think it, some of it might've had to do with, I went on radio last week and I said, the coaching advantage isn't as big as it used to be based off the last couple Super Bowls. And, and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, Hey, if you guys need motivation, I can, I can dial it up a notch <laughs> if we want. I'm fully capable of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just always remember the Zach stuff because he was totally into that. Uh, that story speaks to a couple things I want to explore further with you because I, I think a lot of the conversation down here has been about personality, um, and I think there are two reasons for that. One is that Adam Gase did not click uh, by the end here, and I think we kind of saw that in the Jets press conference a little bit that happened this week, which was just odd. I mean, not seeing Adam without a hat is one thing, but then the eyes yeah. all over the place and how uncomfortable he looked. And, and, you know, by the end here, he was making excuse after excuse. The other thing is that the attractive candidate down here for a lot of Dolphins fans was Chris Richard. And, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to get a head coaching job now. And the, what I think what attracted Dolphin fans to Chris Richard is these videos you know, of Chris Richard, you know, chewing out his players and, and being yep. very gregarious and all the rest of that. And, and that and then I guess Flores hasn't come off that way. So just from a personality standpoint, can you expand on that? Like, what do you think? How do you think he will handle being the man in charge at his age, which obviously he's even younger than Gase is? Uh, and and how, how will he, how do you think he'll handle the media? How do you think he'll handle players? Because I do think personality uh, matters, particularly if they're going to be going through a rebuild here and people have to buy into the coach. Yeah, it, that's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, let's let's just take the different um, sort of facets of the job. I think in terms of the media, 
You know, I think um, he's not going to be Mr. Electric. He's not going to be cracking a bunch of jokes. He will. He will crack a few jokes here and there. He can be a little bit self-deprecating at times. Um, but but I think overall, I think people will like him. I think he'll, you know, I think he will um, be honest to a point. I do worry a little bit about him if, um, which we know it's going to happen down there. It always happens. They're, they're going to go through adversity. The media is going to be on top of everybody. It's going to be like the sky is falling. And I do worry a little bit about how he's going to react to that. Not that I have, you know, every, any evidence, but I could see him, um, you know, d- taking some disrespect, um, you know, b- taking it personally and being a little bit grumpy, but I, I don't know. I'm just guessing on sort of what I've seen from him over the years on the sidelines. Uh, I expect after the season, what I've seen this season, I expect him to be stoic and um, you guys not to see a whole bunch. I thought one of the things, that I was uh, interested to see with him this season is because I know he can be, um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of the right word, not emotional, not volatile, but like at least like passionate. And, you know, I wondered if we were going to see that on the sidelines. We have seen no indication of anything. All we've seen is flatline on the sideline. Even you know, I'm the type of guy who, after every defensive series, looks through my binoculars and see, sees how they're adjusting on the sideline what coaches are saying, how they're saying it. And I have seen nothing but just normal flatline interactions between Flores and the players and Belichick and people like that. So that's sort of um, the way I think he's going to handle things there. But people should know that underneath that, look, this guy, he cares a lot. He's intense. Um, the players are going to know that he's intense and that you know he's not screwing around and it's time to go to work. Um, so I think he does a very good job. Uh, I think his, his best asset is he, he can relate to the players. He's not that far removed from the, from the field, but he's also, he, he's not trying to be a player's coach. He's trying to be a coach. So he's able to be stern with them, but he can also understand their world. And I think he strikes a really nice balance that way. Now, the other thing, Ethan mentioned kind of the personal aspect, and I think you know some of that is born out of his YouTube page, not really having a ton of personality on it. But I think the other thing that I think most Dolphins fans are concerned with is, uh, number one, really a shortage of experience uh, at sort of the highest level of assistant as a coordinator when he wasn't, he wasn't really given that title. And then, obviously, uh, the track record of Belichick assistants. Now, uh, you obviously don't go and follow Matt Patricia to Detroit or go and follow Josh McDaniels to Denver, but uh, from afar, what have you seen as the the shortcoming of Belichick assistants when they go elsewhere? Yeah, I think it's to me it's been pretty clear. It's it's the guys the guys who try to be Bill or try to be Patriots West or Midwest or whatever, um, they fail. They, they, it's not going to happen. I mean, in today's day and age and without Bill's uh, track record and Lombardi trophies, um, you cannot recreate that. I mean, you just can't. I mean, you could try to run the organization in a similar way, but to try to be Belichick, you're just setting yourself up for failure unless you win like a Super Bowl in year one or year two. Um, I think now Brian, he doesn't have any outside experience. Normally, I don't like that. I like um, like with Bill O'Brien in Houston, Bill had Bill had coached a bunch of different player places before, 
uh, coming to New England. This was only part of his sort of uh, heritage as a football coach. It wasn't the end-all, be-all. Like you get, there are a lot of assistants that come in, like McDaniel's, like Patricia, like Flores, where they just come in straight out of football, college, whatever, and this is all they know. And normally those guys, you know, struggle a little bit. But I do, I do get the sense that, you know, there are certain assistants that you talk to with the Patriots and you're just like, this guy's just a little mini Bill robot. He's just trying to be Belichick and, and he's scared to death to talk to the media and he's, he's, he's scared to do this. I've ne- never gotten that impression of Brian. I, I think that he is – I think he's very much his own man. I think he has his own ideas on how to run a football team. Uh, I think that he will – he will borrow and apply the things that he likes about the Patriots. I think he will apply some other things, you know, that he learned as a player elsewhere and things like that. And I think my hope is that he he coaches and, and runs the franchise in his own distinct way because I think uh, I think the other way is just a recipe for disaster. Want to get into system with you a little bit um, because the Patriots system defensively is obviously been very different from the Dolphins system over the past 18 years but I know that the Patriots system is also adjusted based on the personnel and they've run hybrid stuff and and I know this is kind of your area of expertise because of how much film you watch Uh, what do you think a I mean you know some of the the personnel that's here on the Dolphins I mean the strength of the team defensively at least appears to be at the corners probably with Howard provided that he's here with Fitzpatrick, depending on what position he plays. You know, they, they seem to hit on Jerome Baker at linebacker, which is the first linebacker they've hit on probably since Zach. Uh, you got to go back like 20, 22 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive ends have gotten old. Um, I don't know if Wake's coming back. Charles Harris is a bust. Defensive tackles, they don't really have a ton of talent there. Uh, when you look at the Dolphins personnel and what Flores has run with the Patriots, what do you think it might be? I mean, do, do they go to a 3-4? Do they... Uh, and do you think he'll be the type? Because we saw with Adam Gase. Adam Gase has constantly said he needed his players, right? Like, is Brian Flores going to do that, or do you think? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, How would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
he'll adjust to the talent that he has in Miami and, and maybe, uh, you know, acclimate the system to that. Yeah, he'll adjust um, to what he has. I mean, you know, I figured that he'll, um, you know, he'll tell them that it's very important to him that, um, you know, they have big interior guys um, that can stop the run, start there, and then, then they can deal with the, the pass rush that, that um, you know, second, secondary guys will be more important uh, to him. I mean, I think, I think the ideal is that uh, largely the defensive line, I mean, they are going to have to two gap. So I don't know which guys up front um, are capable of doing that. I mean, the guys on the edge, um, you know, I know Cam Wake is, you know, tremendous at what he does. Um, but, you know, I'd say the biggest difference between the scheme that he, that Flores is going to run and what everybody else runs is that, um, you know, on every single snap, even on third and 15, those edge guys are going to have more responsibilities than just getting up the field and after the passer. I mean, if, if, you know, say like this weekend when the Patriots take on uh, the chiefs, you know, if it's third and 15, I mean, not only are they going to have a must rush against um, Patrick Mahomes, but they're probably going to be very mindful of Damian Williams um, coming out of the backfield. If Tyreek Hill is coming on a jet sweep and going on a pass pattern, you know, likely those ends are going to have to know what's going on and hit those guys first and then get to the passer. So, you know, that's the biggest difference between what the Patriots do and what everybody else does. But I think Brian overall, he's going to, he's going to take what he has and he's going to make it work. I mean, I, I don't think that the Patriots anymore um, and Brian in particular are very big on the whole, nobody plays base defense anymore. So, you know, it doesn't matter three, four. I mean, basically you're going to have four down linemen. Um, you're going to have two linebackers or one linebacker and a safety. The Patriots have employed the three safety look, um, you know, for a long time here. So I figured he, he likes that. Um, and, uh, you know, other than that, he's going to make the pieces fit as much as possible. But I mean, there's no question that the Patriots – uh, have come around to the point where to play any be any worth anything on defense in today's NFL, you have to play man to man. You do. You just can't play zone. The quarterbacks are too good now, and so that's what he's going to be looking for in the secondary. Which is fascinating because Tom Brady just shredded the zone of the Los Angeles Chargers, who kind of failed to adjust yep. in that uh, in that divisional round game. Uh, wanted to ask you just sort of more generally about uh, the way that he coaches. You mentioned uh, what you see on the sideline, but uh, on a day to day basis, when you talk to players, again, this is someone who's only been the coordinator for a year, so realistically, you wouldn't be talking to players. But just sort of uh, what what can what can the Dolphins expect uh, from a beside, behind the scenes standpoint of Brian Flores? Uh, you know, he's extremely smart. He's detailed. Um, he is, uh, he's going to have the, the, the players prepared. He's going to challenge them. Um, you know, he is, I, I could see Brian, um, being a delegator in that, you know, he's going to want to, he's going to want good positional coaches because he's going to have things to worry about. I would doubt that he's going to call plays on defense, but I mean, you never know. I mean, I, I assume he's going to have some sort of input. Um, I do like hearing that. Uh, I guess it, that Jim Caldwell is going to be the offensive coordinator. I think that's an, that's important. I think it's good. I think it's good that he has a older, trusted offensive coordinator. I think I, I think that one of the biggest problems with these young coaches in today's games is that you know they their their coordinators get plucked all the time. I mean, you saw we saw it in 
you know, Miami, we see that, you know, going back to when I covered the team. I mean, I think one of the biggest advantages for the Patriots is that, and Nick Saban tried this when he came to the Dolphins, um, where he said, you know, we have a Miami Dolphins defensive playbook and a Miami Dolphins offensive playbook, and it doesn't matter who the coordinators are. I think that Caldwell is getting older, and he's probably not going to get another head coaching chance. I mean, it's possible if they're really successful early there. I think that's good. So you know the defensive system isn't going to change. The offensive system probably isn't going to change if Caldwell doesn't leave. So I think those are all important factors, and it helps the success of the team and also the quarterback. But, um, you know, I, my, I, I'm i not thrilled that Brian only served one year's defensive coordinator here. Um, I, think, I think he had a ton more to learn. Um, not saying that he's not capable of being successful. I think that he is, but – um, you know, I just, I just worry that he's going to be, um, sort of Steve Wilkes, um, down there in Miami. And, and I just don't think that's fair to him. I want to introduce you to one of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. And that is Brunt insurance, where you can find all of your protection under one roof. They offer home auto commercial and life insurance and they're licensed to write insurance for the entire state of Florida. That's Pensacola all the way to the keys. They've got multiple carriers for all the product lines. Ensure you're paying the lowest rate in your area. And I can speak to this personally because I sent Greg Brunt all of my insurance policies that I had with other companies. He came back to me, said, well, one of them you're doing okay, so just keep that one where it is. But I had one for a condo and I had one for my cars. And he said, in both cases, I could be doing better. He saved me $700. Took one phone call, 15 minutes. I don't want to use 15 minutes because somebody else uses that. It took 14 minutes and he got all of that stuff taken care of uh, for me. So check out bruntinsurance.com. That's bruntinsurance.com. Greg's also a proud sponsor of the Homes for Heroes program. That means if you're a first responder, teacher, military, or healthcare professional, you'll get a special discount from bruntinsurance.com. Here's the phone number if you prefer to do that. 954 589 2204. And today's episode of the Five Reasons Podcast is brought to you by Doral Toyota, which is one of our great partners and, like us, is pure South Florida. That's Doral Toyota, where you can find all your favorite Toyota models. Whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre owned vehicle, Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles. In house financing is available for credit related issues. Also, if you mention five reasons when you call 305-680-1129 or come in the dealership, you will work with a dedicated manager, not a salesman. Unlike other dealers, Doral Toyota prides itself on an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, DoralToyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Vamos, let's go, Doral Toyota. Yeah, and that's where we want to go with you next. What was your What was your last year here in, in Miami, Greg? What was... Uh, uh, it was uh, 2006. I was there uh, through Cam Cameron's first draft, I think, the uh, <laughs> Ted Ginn draft, and then I went to Green Bay. So when he told you to turn your thumbs up this way, you literally went north. So, okay. I was so like, you- I'm out of here. That's it. <laughs> I'm not sticking around for this. <laughs> I, I mean, and, and it's amazing because I know you were there for, for the Dave years uh, and, and, you know, how we were so down on those and they ended up being better than a lot of what we've seen since. I'm just curious from an outside perspective and from somebody uh, who talks to a lot of people around the league and has done a lot of national stuff. Why do you think the Dolphins can't get it right? Um, I think, uh, the biggest reason is, is, um, these owners that keep coming in and, you know, Ross being the latest, 
Um, and this goes for a lot of owners, new owners in the NFL. Um, they just don't get the right football people in place. And I know, you know, it looked like, you know, Bill Parcells was the right way to go. And in many ways he was, but, you know, Bill also has a track record of, you know, completely torching teams salary caps when he's there and he leaves and they're just devastated for years, which is sort of, you know, what happened in Miami. I mean, you know, they just need to align things right. I mean, and then Ross brings in Mike Tannenbaum. I mean, come on. I mean, he did the exact same thing that he did in New York in Miami. And, uh, you know, Tannenbaum is not a football guy. He's a cap guy. And they need a, they, whatever it is, coach, GM, whatever, they need a strong football person that basically is in charge of everything. And, um, you know, I just think that that's been the biggest um, problem with the Dolphins. Um, I'm not exactly sure of the alignment now. I guess it's Greer is in charge now. Is yep. that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in charge of everything. And again, to, to speak to how long he's been here, I mean, he predates your departure. Yep. Here. I mean, you know, so, I mean, he's been in all. I guess the issue, we don't, the thing with us with Greer is we keep hearing that he's very well regarded around the league. There are decisions here we believe he made. But we don't really know what he's done because he's been here for so many different coaches and so many different GMs and they've had so many different people in the kitchen that I I don't, you know, I don't know what's Greer. I don't know what's Tannenbaum. I don't know what's Gase. I don't know what was Hickey. I don't know what was Ireland. I mean, you know, we're going way back now and there's just no way to really gauge it. I mean, if you, I mean, do do people that you talk to around the league, do do they speak of Chris Greer? Do they think that Chris Greer is good at what he does? Because it's just hard for us to tell one way or the other. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, I think people people like Chris. They think he's good. Nobody really knows, though. And I think that's been, you know, part of the problem. I mean, at least now he gets a chance to show, um, you know, what he can and can't do. But, you know, I I think that the Dolphins just, you know, I – I'm just a believer in like, you need to align your football department in, um, in, in one of two ways, really. Either you have a strong head coach who basically plucks the personnel guy and they're the right hand man, but the head coach is, you know, is, has the final say at the end of the day, or you have a strong GM who picks the coach and all that stuff. And, and it's one of two ways. I mean, and I think the Dolphins too many times have done it you know, piecemeal. And I don't think that's good, you know, for anybody. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. I first want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. And that is Berlitz Broward. You may be familiar with the Berlitz method of teaching languages. I can speak to it directly because about a year ago, my daughter was about three and a half years old. I put her in Berlitz Broward. This is over on Flamingo road in Pembroke Pines because we wanted her to learn Mandarin. She already knows English and Spanish fluently, but kids have an easier time learning languages at times than adults do, so we figured that she might enjoy it. Not only does she now enjoy it, she now counts up to 100. She knows all the colors and shapes. When we go to Chinese restaurants, she speaks Mandarin with the waitresses she orders for us. Sometimes not the greatest, but it's pretty amusing to actually watch it. But the other thing that Berlitz does for you is they have adult programs, and so that's actually what we want to introduce you to today. Their adult programs, they teach languages English, French, Spanish, Mandarin, Italian, German, Portuguese, and more. So if you ever wanted to learn any of those languages, or maybe English is not your first language and you want to learn how to pronounce better and be better in the business space, 
that's something that they can work with you on. So I'm going to give you a phone number here. Make sure that you call and mention five reasons. Here is the phone number, 954-743-0077. So again, they have kids programs, but they got plenty of adult programs. And I can tell you because we've been doing it, they will work with your schedule. Whatever works with you in terms of when you have to work, when you've got things with your family, they will put you on the schedule and they will get you the right instructor. So again, mention five reasons, 954 954- 743-0077. Hey, everybody. Seth Levitt and OJ McDuffie of The Fish Tank here, but we're not diving in with a great story right now. Instead, we want to tell you about an incredibly fun upcoming charity event benefiting the Jason Taylor Foundation. That's right, Big Seth. Wiffle Blast. Man, I can't wait. I know you're fired up, Juice. The third annual Wiffle Blast presented by Funky Buddha Brewery and Sports Chiropractic and Natural Health Solutions will take place on Saturday, January 19th at Pine Trails Park in Parkland. Man, you guys do a great job with this event. I played last year with my son and a couple friends, and we really had a blast from the competition to the home run derby to the kids zone. It was just a perfect day from start to finish. Do I still have time to get my team in? Yeah, we got you, Juice. We still have room for a few more teams as well. And since the Five Reasons Sports Network is a media partner for the event, the foundation is offering $100 off the cost of a team if you use they the They have code. a team? Yeah, they have a team. Ethan and those guys. I mean, there's some studs on that I can't roster. wait to play them. We'll put you guys in the same division. All right, that's what's up. So we're going to put Five Reasons and Juice in the same division, and if you sign up now, you can be in that division as well and get a $100 off the cost of a team if you use the code five reasons. That's the number five reasons. And the best part of it all, OJ, is that your donation will help support children battling cancer as well as pediatric emergencies. Yeah, you know, that's what matters most. Absolutely it is. For more information, visit jasontaylorfoundation.org or call 954-424-0799. Ethan, get that arm warmed up. And the last thing we want to hit with you, Greg, before we let you go, is uh, the forthcoming AFC Championship game, uh, a rare scenario where that game is not at home for New England, and uh, they're obviously going against the brand new thing that, you know, the latest brand new thing that's going to take down the Patriots. Do you actually think the Chiefs are that brand new thing? Uh, They could be. I mean, you know, I just, I don't know which Patriots team is going to show up, because the one that showed up. You know, on Sunday against the Chargers, um, you know, we, we really haven't seen that team that executes that well all season. I mean, so, you know, once in a while we've seen it at home. Basically, they've, the, the Patriots have played three really good games this year. The Dolphins at, at Gillette, the first matchup. Um, the Vikings here. And then this past Sunday. Um, so, I don't know if that's if that, that team's staying or not. But I think to this point, the, the Patriots have been bad on the road. I mean, really bad. I mean, they're three and five, and even their wins, um, none of them have been impressive. Uh, the defense has been terrible on the road. The offense hasn't been much better. Um, you know, but, you know, who knows? I mean, it, you know, they look as healthy as they've been all season. Um, they really haven't lost any starters to injury this, this year, which has been, um, you know, they've gotten really lucky in that regard because they're so thin. But I think that, uh, you know, look, Andy Reid's going to have a great plan. Can the Patriots um, survive the first, you know, quarter and stay in the game? And, I, you know, I think the key is can they get it to the fourth quarter within striking distance? Because I think you combine Bill Belichick and Tom Brady against Andy Reid in his, in his game management skills or lack thereof. Um, you know, I like the Patriots to, you know, emerge with a victory. Greg, where, where can people find you now? We've got a lot of, obviously, as you know, a lot of 
lot of Boston sports fans down here uh, in South Florida. Some don't like to admit it publicly uh, all the time because uh, it's it's almost an embarrassment of riches there because the teams win all the time there and they don't win. Well, what yeah. kind of what kind of Boston fans are you coming across? Well, the ones I come across, they're not <laughs> afraid to tell anybody uh, anything. No, that that's that, that that's a good point. Maybe they just don't do it at our watch parties. But again, we yeah, we, maybe. We, we, we lose all the time because there everybody's rooting for the. South Florida teams. It is remarkable. Everybody's good there and not here. But how, how do they? Uh, how do they find your site? Yeah, go to uh, bostonsportsjournal.com. We cover all the professional sports here. Um, it's only you know thirty five bucks for the year. Um, you know, and we have you know myself and Chris Price on Patriots, Sean McAdam on on Red Sox, who's you know one of the best ever to cover the team. And uh, you know, n- minimal ads and and uh, no politics and all that good stuff. And we're a hell of a lot cheaper than anybody else around here. So, uh, you know, give us a follow. We're independent, unlike some of the other outlets in this town. Um, so, and you can follow me on Twitter at Greg A. Bedard, and uh, hope to see people on the site. Yeah, definitely check it out. That independence thing has its benefits. We're kind of exploring the benefits of that also. I think there there is something to to not being sort of dependent on the teams as much as maybe some of the mainstream outlets are. So check out Greg's site. It's a great site. Um, and, uh, and obviously, uh, there's a lot more winning talked about there than there is in our sports network. Don't ever start a sports network, Greg, in a town where the teams are not good. Uh, just, just some <laughs> advice for you. you, you, you you, you went to the right city. Um, when the 500 Heat are the best of the five teams in the market right now, that's not a great place to be. But, Greg, thanks for joining us. And, again, you can find him at Greg A. Bedard. Thank you for listening to the Fire in the Pocket. Thank you so much. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.